Hey everybody and welcome back. I am Courtney. I'm here with Royce. Together we are the Ace Couple. And if you've been with us for our last, what do we have now, five episodes so far, you may be asking yourself, Courtney, Royce, when are you going to get a real formal introduction and opening music like real podcasts do? And the answer is probably never. This, this is what you get. Get used to it. But who oh boy, today do we have a lot of ground to cover because we are just coming off of Ace Week 2021 and we want to talk all about it. A lot of things happened, a lot of good, wonderful things happened, some weird things, some not so good things, and there were some outright horrible things as well. We want to cover all of these, but what we want to do first and foremost is protect everyone's mental health. So we're going to start off with the good things, the very wonderful, positive things that spark ace joy in me, and we will give you a very clear warning when we're about to head into anything that may be a little less friendly, maybe if you're involved in the... uh online ace Twitter community, maybe you know already what I'm talking about, but we will get there and we will warn you ahead of time so you can peace out if you would like to. So first off, I really, really want to talk about how our first ever disabled ace day went. I, I let you guys know last week that I was founding disabled ace day. We do very much intend to make it an annual event. Our goal is to keep this on Wednesday during Ace Week so that it is super easy to remember. You can keep track of Ace Week to hopefully get updates on that year to year. And as much as I knew that a disabled Ace Day was needed, I had absolutely no idea what to expect. I've never tried to found a day before. It's not um, exactly a hobby of mine, but I, I knew that this was a very important topic that was really vital that we address as a community. And I had no idea what kind of response we were going to get. If you've listened to our last couple of episodes, we've talked a lot about ableism inside of the ACE community and broader LGBT communities. And my own personal experience has told me that you do not get a lot of positive reactions when you talk about these complicated intersections. So I kind of strapped in and buckled down and kind of prepared for some wave of hate to hit me during Disabled Day Stay, but probably the most positive thing to come off of Ace Week was the fact that Disabled Ace Day was a success and I did not get one single message of hate or harassment. And in my near decade of talking about Ace issues online, that has never once happened. Never once have I spoken about disability and asexuality together and not gotten hate from someone somewhere. So that utterly blew my mind, just blew my expectations out of the water. Some of the highlights, which are still available online, still available to read on the Ace Week website, I did write an article about what Disabled Ace Day is and why 
I have founded it, why it is necessary. But in addition to that, I managed to publish. <laughs> I managed to publish. I published 18 different interviews uh, from fellow disabled aces all over the world. We had uh, several different countries represented. We had people from different backgrounds, all just sharing their own personal stories. And this is something I am especially proud of because one disabled ace person speaking out about their experience is not enough because in any minority group, one person's story is not the story. So I thought it was really important to feature a variety of experiences, viewpoints, people with a variety of different disabilities that all come with their unique sets of challenges. And I was also given the honor of uh, taking the reins of the Ace Week Twitter account for that day, Disabled Ace Day. Um, so I was able to be constantly, all day long, sharing these articles that we published, tweeting about some of the issues of these intersections, engaging with other people who were using this hashtag. And that was the most exciting part for me was that so many people actually used hashtag Disabled Ace Day. So I was able to meet and learn about so many more people who I had not been privy to before. And all of these people are outstanding. I am so happy that we got to connect as a community. In fact, uh, based on that hashtag that I started, I ran some analytics on this, and I can't claim that these are 100% perfect to the letter, but this gives you just at least an idea of the kind of scope that we were able to accomplish in our very first Disabled Ace Day. According to the analytics I ran, we had just about 15,000 interactions with hashtag Disabled Ace Day. So that is people using the hashtag, clicking like, retweeting, commenting on those. And just with the general reach, the number of people this hashtag got in front of, the estimate at this point is about 350,000 impressions. And that is so much larger than I expected going into this. But considering the fact that we got reach like that with zero hate that I saw personally as someone who is monitoring that hashtag very closely all day long, that's really outstanding. And I'm, I'm very proud of the work we were able to do. And I, I really hope we can take this and run with it and continue to grow it every single year. And above all, I hope that we're able to keep this same passion and momentum for discussing disability issues within this community and picking up able-bodied allies here and there as we can to help uplift us. And yeah, I don't know if I have much more to say about that at this point. We That's a lot, and that is so great. I am just absolutely verklempt. It was it was fantastic. And I, di I did manage to get a nice little haul of Disabled Ace created merchandise. One thing I was doing all day long on that Twitter account, and I, I mean all day long, 
I think I logged in maybe at 1 a.m. my time, and I did not log out until midnight hit, and I had a total of two one-hour naps, so I was on it the whole time, and I was just absolutely wired on adrenaline seeing this wonderful reception. So it was it was a very good time, but I am still very tired. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice. I did lose my voice at one point. <laughs> but um, yeah, one thing I was doing was sharing a lot of books, writings, blogs, merchandise, artwork, professional services that you can hire that are all created by and led by disabled aces. And we we picked up a little haul. We saw a lot of great things that day. So some of which we've started to get in, not all of them yet, but you can definitely expect to hear more about our disabled ace hall. I don't know if we'll do a podcast episode on it necessarily, but you can always check us out at the ace couple on Twitter and we'll definitely be posting pictures and tagging accounts whenever we're able to. And yeah, I'm I'm just so proud of our community. I really am. That was the highlight of Ace Week for me. And the next really good positive thing we want to talk about is Panasia. The Asexuality Asia Conference, where we were actually invited to be guest speakers. We had sort of a Q&A session as the ace couple talking about asexuality and marriage and couplehood. But before we even got to that point, a little accessibility note and a, a huge, huge kudos that I really want to give to them revolves around an accessibility note that we gave them just via email while they were inviting us. Because if you've listened to our last two episodes, you know that not every ACE or LGBT organization is super receptive to getting notes on added accessibility. But I don't know, Royce, do you want to sort of mention what we noticed when we first went to their website and how they were able to address that quickly? Yeah, so we heard from the Panasia crew in, in mid-October. Uh, I believe it was soon after our third podcast episode, which was a nice little confirmation that the time that we're spending recording these is actually helping the community. People are listening to us. <laughs> And as we started getting things ready, we were checking on, we were checking our calendars, trying to find a time. They invited us to speak for a one-hour panel as the ace couple. And of course, as we're looking around, trying to figure things out, see when the schedule is, I went to the Asexuality Asia website and immediately saw some red flags. There's, there are some accessibility issues that are very obvious. One of them is the use of images in place of semantic content, of, of actual text. Because if you, if you put a bunch of text content into an image, a screen reader won't read any, any of the text that is in the image to a, a blind user. So you either need to provide sufficient alt text on the image so that a screen reader can pick it up or not use an image in the first place. And we, re we reported this to the Panasia team while responding, like confirming that we could make the event. Yeah, because we provide accessibility services. I'm a disabled woman. Royce does a lot um, on the technology side of things with accessibility. So we would be remiss if we didn't mention any red flags that we noticed. And the morning after we mentioned this, the most prominent issue was already fixed. Like, 
very quickly, almost immediately. And we were really pleased by that because we have never seen someone take a note from us and try to fix it so seriously, so quickly. This was like major, major props to them. And we, we talked to them a bit after the fact and they were saying, yeah, our team, we didn't know about this. We just had no idea. And, and to a certain extent, no one can really blame them even even in engineering backgrounds in school, like they don't teach accessibility and they should, but they don't. But the fact that as soon as they learned this and fixed it, that was just wonderful. Really, really good to see. Major props to their whole team, especially because actually on Disabled Ace Day, and we, we did not plan this with them, this was a happy coincidence, they did actually have a panel about disability and neurodivergence in the ACE community. So seeing that important conversation happening was very, very good and encouraging. But at the same time, the original website before they took that note we gave them, there's a certain percentage of disabled users who just wouldn't have had access to that information had they gone to that website. That was actually the only other panel I, I managed to get to. I would have loved to see more of their event. It was happening um, across several different days, but since their team was headquartered in Asia, a lot of the team we spoke with were based in India, there was a, a very prominent time zone difference. <laughs> There was. It was a ten and a half hour time difference. So we ended up doing the panel at 3.30 in the morning, our time, in between a wedding rehearsal and actual wedding where I was a groomsman. So it was a very busy time. Extraordinarily busy time during Ace Week, just a couple of days after Disabled Ace Day. So we are very tired, everyone, uh, but still glad to be here. But since since I was manning the Twitter account on Disabled Ace Day, I was awake all day long, all night, early in the morning. So I was really happy that I got to see that panel in particular, and it was wonderful. As far as our event went as the ace couple, I thought overall it was really, really positive. I thought they had really great, great questions to ask us. Yeah, I think it went pretty well. I was particularly interested when the two people that we spoke to started talking to me more about accessibility and just how informative it was to learned that this was actually an issue and then that they had taken it upon themselves to start researching both the technical aspects and the local laws. I, I'm not very familiar with laws in India, but they informed me that there was very recently a law that included web accessibility that was passed. And all in all, I think we had a lot of good questions, although you almost lost us our nerd cred. Oh no, I did. I was about to say for 3.30 in the morning, <laughs> I think we were pretty coherent most of the time. There was only one moment where I was like, wait a minute, did I, did I answer the question they asked me or am I just speaking in circles? But they, <laughs> the conversation got on just, you know, ACE representation and, and being an Asian-based conference. They said, you know, a lot of our representation is anime. And I, we, we love a good anime here at uh, the ACE couple household. <laughs> we watch several of them. So of course I said, oh, we love anime and we, we love the, the representation we see there. And they were like, oh yeah, what's your favorite one? And blank, my mind 
was just a clean slate, just wiped. <laughs> I forgot every anime I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> Which, to be fair, anytime anyone ever asks me a question with the word favorite in it, my mind goes blank. Because I don't think in favorites, I don't have like an internal list. I'm, I'm most likely to remember whatever I watched most recently, but, yeah. but I'm also the kind of person who, for example, I've, I've known people who can quote many, many lines in a popular movie 10 years after they have seen it. I can't quote a movie 10 minutes after the credits roll. So for a lot of media, I just observe them in the moment and then it's lost. Yeah, that, that's fair. I, I can relate to the not having favorites. I really don't like that question. I very rarely have a favorite of anything in any category ever. <laughs> I have things I like. I might even have preferences, but I, I'm rarely like, this is my favorite food. This is my favorite drink, favorite color. I've just, even when I was a kid, I just didn't usually know how to answer that question. So yeah, I, I did have one anime pop into my head and I was like, Royce, help me out. What one am I thinking of? We just watched this together not too long ago. <laughs> but you said, you turned to me and said, what was that cute one we watched recently? It was cute. <laughs> and I should have gotten a short recording or a screenshot of the confused face I made <laughs> when you asked me that question. What was the cute one? Um, no, it was, this is not a, a canon ace character, but very, very ace coded. <laughs> and um, just really as, as an ace couple watching it together, we, we saw the signs, we recognized it. But it was a character from the anime Chunibyo, which was very cute. Maybe we'll talk about it when we get into more ace rep down the line. For that was what I was looking for. If you were at that panel and were curious... <laughs> Full translated title, it, I believe, is Love, Chunibyo, and Other Delusions. And Other Delusions, yes. And it's very cute. It's the cute one. <laughs> I, in the moment, could not think of a single other descriptor, even though it was not that long ago that we watched it and we loved it. So that's probably a good uh, transition to get into the weird the weird things that happened during Ace Week, not necessarily bad. Some of the things that were just personal to us. I mean, we actually had company in our house. We had friends visit us for the first time in two years. I am very immunocompromised. We have been very strictly quarantined since March 13th of 2020. Said friends had visited us around this time of year previously, and it had sort of become an annual event, but we skipped the initial year during COVID and resumed the tradition this year with necessary precautions. And yeah, I mean, after vaccines, we didn't jump right back into life as usual because my immune system's probably not prepared for it. So it was wonderful to see friends again. And these friends are not you know, asexual themselves, but very good allies. One of them is an avid Tumblr user. <laughs> I'm sure that means a lot to a lot of you in the ace community. I personally did not learn about asexuality on Tumblr, but I know a lot of you out there did. That was a wonderful thing. It was also just <laughs> the couple of days leading up to Disabled Ace Day, so I was also just a little frantic trying to 
finish my article, finish all of the interviews. Um, so it was a little bit of a hectic time, but it was also just very good to have friends who are allies who were here with me, who were able to just bear witness to Ace Week as it was playing out. Cause that's honestly not something I'd experienced before. It was very nice. The, the friend who is an avid Tumblr user, in fact, we, we got into a conversation with them saying, you know, there are definitely two very distinct camps in, in the online ace community. We have the cake aces and we have the garlic bread aces. <laughs> now, this was news to, to uh, one of these friends, at least. And I mean, of course, I, I had to explain, you know, the ace community has really, really taken literally the uh, cake is better than sex line. <laughs> Which I think that's the very epitome of ace humor. That is very early internet, early Avon ace humor. So I very much identify with that. But of course, you know, not everyone has a sweet tooth. Not everyone can eat cake. So, yeah, I mean, there has been a whole other camp of garlic bread aces that have popped up as well. And we think all aces are valid, regardless of if you're a cake or a garlic bread ace. We love you and accept you here. But I, I definitely did have a conversation of like, now listen, <laughs> here are the two kinds of asexuals you must know if you are to foray into our side of the internet. You know, ace 101 things. And off of Tumblr, and you know, maybe that seeing memes like this almost makes me wonder if I should set up a Tumblr. I've never had a Tumblr that is borderline blasphemy in the ace community, but I'm also a little bit older than the majority of the ace community, so we'll we'll see. But I, I was just being shown great memes off of Tumblr all week from my friend who is an ally who is right here in person. What a weird state of affairs. But, um... <laughs> She looks over at me at one point and she said, I know just enough about ace culture to know that this meme is very good, but what's up with Denmark? <laughs> and I went, oh no. <laughs> You're not supposed to know about that. That's just for the aces. <laughs> so this meme is great. It's like, welcome to the ace spectrum where we got the garlic bread enthusiasts. <laughs> We've got the low libido aces. Wait, you guys are actually horny? I thought it was a joke. And it just goes down the line of all the different aces. It's very good. We've got a kombucha girl meme in here. We've got a parkour in here. But then we have, is, Rice, is there a word for the meme of the, like, conspiracy theorist guy with the, the red yarn all over the walls? The Pepe Sylvia meme? Yeah, it's from a character from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but I know the meme very well. <laughs> but it, it's got that meme, and it says, Those planning to invade Denmark. <laughs> Followed by Danish aces. You have become the very thing you swore to destroy. <laughs> so if we have any Allo listeners out there who are not privy to our ways, please erase your most recent memory. <laughs> Are we just going to leave it at that? Yeah. You don't need to know. <laughs> Those who know, know. <laughs> and, I mean, one other very weird and wonderful thing that came out of having company that weekend during Ace Week was we managed to discover a couple of surprise 
Ace Anthems. We, we've got a couple of new bops, and I am just ever so delighted. Royce, how would you explain King Missile? I don't know that mere words will do the concept justice. <laughs> You're right with that. They they are quite ridiculous. Um, <laughs> we, I mean, we, we had discussions of cake throughout the weekend, as is custom on Ace Week. And when friends are on vacation, I mean... But there came a time <laughs> where the the phone came out, the songs came on, and we heard the most deliciously, possibly inadvertently <laughs> asexual song I may have ever heard in my life, and it is called Cheesecake Truck, because of course it is. Now, we haven't dove into all of King Missile's discography yet. But, but we plan to. <laughs> But it seems that by song, what we're really meaning here is kind of bizarre spoken word poetry to music. Brilliant poetry, really. Next level poetry. This song in particular is, <laughs> yeah, a guy speaking, there's, there's no singing to be found, uh, talking about how he really likes cheesecake. So he thought he'd get a job driving a cheesecake truck because he figures he could take some of the leftover cheesecakes home at the end of the day. But then he ends up eating like more than 10 cheesecakes on the very first day without actually delivering any. <laughs> so he takes all of the remaining cheesecakes in the truck, hides the truck somewhere where it would be difficult to be found, and then skips town. And there's just a line at the end that's like, I really miss everybody, but I can't say I have any regrets because it was very delicious cheesecake. And if that's not the acest thing I've ever heard, <laughs> it's very good. So our, 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 our friend was a, a, a little bit baffled um, <laughs> upon hearing how, how enthused we were about this song in particular. And so he mentions, well, maybe, maybe you'd like detachable penis. And we say, come again. Detachable penis, you say. Yes, there is a song by the same group, King Missile. <laughs> called Detachable Penis, where again, just a guy talking about how he has a detachable penis and sometimes he loses it. <laughs> but he really likes having a detachable penis because he can leave it at home if he thinks it's going to cause him trouble. In fact, it almost reminded me of, of the aforementioned meme that said, we have high libido aces who say, I don't want to be horny anymore. I want to be happy. <laughs> And I, I myself do not have a penis, but I can imagine if you were a high libido asexual, I, I can theoretically see how just having a detachable penis that you could just take off when it's causing you problems, I could, I could see that being a positive attribute. So King Missile, we're obsessed, can't wait to listen to more. Also obsessed with these friends, they're very, very good. If you happen to be a bit of a theater nerd, I know I am, Royce is not. <laughs> but if you just really love theater and are interested in plays and maybe historical plays, plays that don't get produced as often as they should or could, um, definitely check them out because they actually together have a podcast called The Play Readers, where they talk about all of those things. We love them. And I think you will too. So I've got two other kind of just like weird little side notes about Ace Week that I want to pop in before we get into the heavy stuff. 
because some of these are mostly good, but they've got they're they're just a little bit wrong. <laughs> so it was positive to see, in my case, more people trying to amplify Ace Week. But I actually saw some instances of allies mentioning just the absolute wrong dates for Ace Week. Like they put Ace Week in their calendar two years ago and and never looked up any more Ace content again because I was seeing allies start to say like, it's October 18th. Happy Ace Week, <laughs> and this is what that means. Meanwhile, that was very, very early for this year. Um, I actually did find there there are published lists of just like queer events that are on websites, and a strong majority of them do not get updated every year. So if there is ever any slight variation in the day, like there is for Ace Week, they get very outdated very quickly. The most recently updated on any of these lists that I found that are just sort of big dumps of queer events were pulling from 2019 Ace Week. So that was a bit unfortunate. That's something that maybe we as the Ace community should be aware of going forward into next year, because I absolutely want allies to be amplifying us in our events, but I also want them to know the right events. So maybe next week, just a little note to ourselves, we can start advertising Ace Day like a month in advance and making sure that everybody knows the actual Ace Week website to get the real dates and the real information so that people aren't citing old resources. And for that matter, I saw a lot of allies and even aces for that matter continuing to use asexual awareness week now this isn't like an egregious sin or anything but it was once upon a time you know 10 years ago when this week and this awareness was new it was asexual awareness week but they have since rebranded it is now ace week there's a very good reason for this because the term ace is getting a little more identifiable outside of our community, which is good, and we want to push that. And just by the very nature of the fact that awareness does not equal acceptance, and we've still got a long way to go. And it seems like we've kind of been trapped on this treadmill of Ace 101, we exist, we're valid for way too long. We've got bigger issues that we need to be moving on and tackling and really fighting for that acceptance and equality. So I would really, really urge our fellow aces to identify this rebrand and to let all of your allies know, the allies who maybe heard of Ace Week a couple of years ago for the first time and just sort of gave themselves a reminder, but still don't regularly engage in the community. And I guess for that matter, that's one really glaring reason why a good ally needs to be continuously engaging with the community. Because it is just way too easy to slip up if you heard something long ago and didn't keep up on what's new. Which I guess can get into our, our last little not great thing. I, I'd consider it bad, but we aren't at the ugly, difficult-to-stomach things yet. The The theme of Ace Week this year was beyond awareness, and I absolutely agree with that decision to make that the theme. I understand why they did that. And while I did see some people 
actually getting active here and there. By and large, on the whole, I did not see a lot of boots-on-the-ground activism, as it were. I still saw the same old talking points that I've been seeing for the last 10 years, especially the last five years. And I'm not perfect at this either. I mean, I, I founded Disabled A-Stay, which for the very first year was a lot of just getting the word out and getting the visibility there. So I will fully own that that is not the most active, most beyond awareness thing I could have been doing. So I, I am on no such thing as a high horse here. But I was really excited for this theme. And I was, I, was, I was kind of disappointed that I didn't see a lot of widespread community follow through on that. Of course, there were some one-offs. Um, I mean, the first uh, one that comes to mind, if you follow um, Marshall, I believe he goes by Gentle Giant Ace on, on Twitter. Um, I saw that he in particular like got involved with his local... Uh, legislation and got Ace Week formally recognized. Oh, I want to say he's in Pennsylvania. I'm sorry if I messed that up. I didn't reference this before we started talking, but Ace Week definitely did put out months ago sort of here's how to get Ace Week recognized by your local government in every state in the U.S. because every state's going to be a little different. And of course, I'm not familiar with getting things recognized like this outside of the U.S. because I've only ever lived in the U.S. myself. So there were some, some ACE activists who were definitely doing that work on the local level, but so much awareness <laughs> and so many people still saying it's Asexual Awareness Week, um, not really privy to the reasons behind the rebrand and still very much fighting to break out outside of the ace community. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I, I often feel like I'm preaching to the choir. I know a lot of people also are, and there's nothing wrong with the type of activism that reaches out to your own members, especially the newer members, the younger members, the people who are just starting to get involved in the community. There's nothing wrong with telling those people that they are valid, but we have serious, serious work to do to extend our reach outside of fellow aces and get not only the awareness, but the acceptance that we need. But Courtney, says the Allos who don't know anything about ace culture, what are you talking about acceptance? What aren't you accepted with? What discriminations could aces possibly face? Well, I'm going to tell you, and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into what I would like to call the ugly of Ace Week. Please don't forget all of the very good things that did happen in lieu of this. But if you are ace yourself and you don't want to hear this, now's the time to go. I want to slap a big old content warning for ace phobia for transphobia for online harassment general bigotry <laughs> i can't believe i'm saying this allegations of grooming children like we're we're getting into a lot here if you aren't in a place for it like you you have my leave to go please but if you are an ally if you are an aloe and you are listening to this, please, please stay with me here. 
because I get this all the time and I'm sure other aces do where aloes just don't really get it. They're like, what could you possibly get discriminated against? Like, don't you just not want to have sex? Don't you just have a low sex drive? What could people possibly take issue with that? <laughs> that line of thinking is wrong on many accounts. And we're going to use real-life examples of what we aces saw during Ace Week to tell you exactly the kind of nonsense we get. And I guess I'll make a little clarification, perhaps a bit of an addendum. Earlier on, I said I didn't see any disability-related hatred during Disabled Ace Day, and that is true. I did not. However, a lot of prejudice against aces uses the same kind of language that people use against people with disabilities. So I am definitely going to be using words here when I'm making direct quotes that are also very ableist in nature. And these were directed not specifically at disabled aces, but just aces in general. So that is not to say there was no discrimination at all, because goodness knows there was. And we're going to get into that. Um, let me make a quick note about just general ace hate, because... Aphobia or acephobia are the two most common words that you'll hear used, especially if you aren't really in the community, just know that you might see them used interchangeably. And the, the most obvious parallel to that is homophobia. So homophobia, acephobia, or aphobia. Increasingly more popular is actually asmysia. I hope I'm saying that right. I don't know how else I'd say it, but that's one of those words I've only ever seen written and never heard spoken aloud. But I'm seeing it increasingly more often. I actually hadn't seen it until I read your notes for this episode. Although, as a general rule, I don't involve myself with the broader online community very often. Or I, I, should, I should supplement that and remove the word online. <laughs> I don't associate myself with the broader community very often. Royce associates with Courtney, and Courtney associates with everybody else. <laughs> I mean, we also have, like, a couple of snakes upstairs that I associate with, and a few other animals around and the house. the opossum, the and rat dog, the 30 the, or 40 highly acrobatic mice. The various things going on in our backyard. <laughs> You're, you're, you're plenty busy as it is. You but, don't need humans with all that going on. <laughs> yeah, but beyond, beyond the property bounds. Yes, Royce is truly regent of this castle. Second only to I, who am the queen. <laughs> but yeah, the, the suffix misia just means hate. So you, you might even say that it's just literally a little more accurate of a word because I'm sure any LGBT ally has heard like, it's not homophobia, I'm not scared of gay people. Like, yeah, 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 we know, we're past that. <laughs> we're using that to mean prejudice. So it literally means ace hatred, ace prejudice. But there there is a push to kind of replace the word phobia with with misia just because of the fact that there's there's a bit of, you know, a hidden ableist context to that as well because phobias are, you know, legitimate issues that some people grapple with. So we don't always like to use the word phobia for something that is not literally a phobia. So, I mean, that's 
Just add that one to the pocket dictionary, please. (laughs) Know that it exists and be aware of what it means when you run into it. For the purposes of the broader conversation, I tend to personally use aphobia if I'm speaking to the community, because that's what most people in the community know. And I tend to use acephobia if I'm speaking more outside of the community because of the fact that a lot of allos and allies can still recognize ace as being shorthand for asexual. Certainly not all of them, but a growing amount. So, And the distinction between asexual and aromantic and agender when just shortening to a is, is lost on some. There are so many things a could mean, yes. so it, I, could, it could just mean that someone has a phobia. I don't think that could mean that at all. <laughs> There's no space in that word. I meant that it could be interpreted as such. Yeah, I've definitely had some real jerks in my life be like, like when I'm saying like, yeah, I'm asexual. And they're like, you're a sexual. And then they they raise the eyebrow and it's like, like I haven't heard that one before. A sexual deviant? A sexual... I can't remember the rest of that BoJack scene. <laughs> what's what's another word? Oh, that was a BoJack Horseman scene. Yeah. Oh my when, goodness. When, when Todd is talking to him, like you know the like the best represented asexual in media. We cannot get into talking about Todd this episode because we will be here all night. But someday <laughs> we'll talk about the joys of Todd. I had completely forgotten that that was even in BoJack Horseman because. I think the first time I heard that was at minimum 10 years ago, where someone in my real life was like, you're a sexual, you're a sexual, and like giving me the eyes. It's like, get out. So any aloes out there watching the Bojack Horseman, uh, (laughs) way more real than you probably even thought it was. So there were many large tweets and op-eds that gained an unfortunate amount of traction that contributed to a lot of acephobia. The one I want to talk about right now today, because this has more than enough content to fill out the rest of our episode and then some, is girl guiding, which as an American, I had to Google. UK-based... For all my fellow Americans, it seems like their version of the Girl Scouts. I was a Girl Scout for many years, so that's my my parallel. It's definitely a charity. If it's not overtly religious, it at least seems to have kind of religious undertones, um, which the Girl Scouts also did, in all fairness. And the Girl Guiding Twitter account made a post which seemed very nice, very supportive, not very in your face at all. I will read it verbatim for you. This week is hashtag Ace Week, a time to raise awareness and understanding of the asexual community. So here's a shout out to all of our asexual volunteers and members. Thank you for everything you do in Girl Guiding. And there's a picture of a little, like, rainbow in ace flag colors. Seems pretty nice and nondescript, no? Well, apparently not. Because if you go to this tweet right now, the comments are locked. You cannot comment. You can still retweet or quote retweet it, but you cannot comment on it. Because there are, no joke, hundreds of comments. And I scrolled through every damn one of them. 
and there was not a single positive one. Not an exaggeration. They were all hatred. And when I say that there are hundreds of comments of hatred, I am not talking about anonymous accounts with you know, cartoon avatars that have five or ten Twitter followers. There were big names on here. There were MPs. There were celebrities. I saw dozens of blue checkmark accounts. There were best-selling authors chiming in. I even saw a trans woman (laughs) adding to the hatred. And not that anyone was claiming that he is you know, the picture of virtue or or an expected ally by any means. But just to give you an idea of, like, the kind of reach that this was getting, Piers Morgan chimed in and just said, For fuck's sake, what fresh virtue-signaling hell is this? With five question marks. So these are the kind of accounts we are not talking about bots or very small accounts. This is hundreds of comments, a wall of hatred from a lot of very prominent people, in fact. And we'll get into reading some of these actual comments, because some of these you are just going to need to hear to believe. But the really, really weird thing (laughs) is this juxtaposition, because People will simultaneously diminish the ace experience by claiming that we aren't discriminated against, we aren't really queer, we don't belong in the LGBT community, but at the same time, they will use exactly the same language that is used to target trans women, that are used to target, you know, not as much recently, but like to to target any level of homosexuality 30 years ago, they use exactly the same rhetoric towards asexuality today. And a lot of people don't see it. So this may come as a surprise to you if you are not in this community already, but it's such a weird, like, asexuality is simultaneously not a real sexuality, but also utterly inappropriate for children. Somehow it is both at exactly the same time. So at first you start to see over and over the people who are just, like, playing the role of enraged parent online who are saying, this is why I withdrew my daughter from the guides. Or really glad my girls are grown up and aren't in your organization anymore. But then you see the word inappropriate over and over and over again. Inappropriate, unnecessary, troubling. Adult sexuality of any hue should have no place in the context of working with children. You have badly lost your way. And then comments like, holy shit, this is beyond inappropriate and not appropriate. Children in your care come to guides to enjoy the outdoors and foisting your own issues onto them is not acceptable. First of all, if we have any uh, UK aces out there listening to this who were a member of the guides, please tweet at me and tell me if you actually did enjoy the outdoors. Because (laughs) I, I actually have several friends in the UK and it came to my attention within the last year that some of them did not know of the joys and the hells of Girl Scout cookies <laughs> and just the, the 
capitalist monstrosity that is teaching girls to go door to door to sell sell them. I I don't think they're allowed to go door to door anymore. We did go door to door when I was in the Girl Scouts back back in the day. I don't think they're allowed to do that anymore. But yeah, I don't remember actually going camping outdoors in the woods even once when I was in the Girl Scouts. We like met up at either a local church or a local library and just kind of had meetings after school and sometimes did crafts and sometimes tried to mentor even younger children. Very little actual outdoors work going on. Maybe the UK does it better than us. Who can say? But yeah, you have your comments that say ridiculous nonsense and this is one of the many reasons I pulled my girls out. But then you see the, what the hell do you think you're doing? And you see people say, what does this have to do with your core mission? And that got me thinking, what is their core mission? So I had to actually go to their website. And the sheer irony, because their first three in their six core themes, I think fit very well into ACE awareness or awareness of any LGBT identity, because their very first theme is know myself, followed by be well, and then express myself. So knowing yourself and expressing yourself definitely fits in with awareness of a variety of identities. First of all, and people over and over and over again kept saying, these are 10 to 14 year old girls. And I I don't know about all of you listening out there, but I definitely, by the time I was age 14, I definitely knew I was not aloe. I didn't necessarily have all of the right terminology, but I definitely knew I wasn't like all of my other girlfriends who were starting to have those talks. Well, a common refrain in the comments is that the age of consent is whatever it is in the UK, probably 18, I think that's right. And the idea that asexuality is intertwined with the actual act of having sex and not experiencing sexual attraction, not even to incorporate a romanticism, which would surface much, much earlier. I can remember people liking each other in elementary school. I can remember people expressing that they had sexual attraction either towards people in the same grade or towards the attractive young teacher in middle school. I think I was five the first time a boy my age sexually assaulted me. (laughs) I'm sorry, we put the content warnings out there. But to think that kids have just never, ever, ever been exposed to even the very concept of a sexuality or an even vaguer attraction is just ludicrous. And it's so disingenuous because I do not believe that all of these people commenting genuinely think that they had no such thing as any orientational awareness under the age of, and actually I, I, I think you said 18, but I, I think the UK is the same as most of the US, which is 16 being the age of consent. But I mean, that that's neither here nor there, because children definitely know things about themselves earlier than that. But that brings up a good point, because you mentioned orientation, and once you read through enough comments, you see that this this is all just ignorance, because many comments are mentioning the idea of chastity in place of asexuality. One of my favorites along those lines, and remember, this was just a happy ace week happy ace awareness and they they cited volunteers first which i imagine all of their volunteers are adults probably like 
I assumed the U.S. version of a scout leader was who they were talking about. Someone literally just said, or you could just let girls be girls, which if you really dig into that, it gets really gross and concerning really fast. If they're saying we we are promoting ace awareness, it is okay to not have sexual attraction, to have little to no sexual attraction, that is okay. And to have someone respond with, or you could just let girls be girls. Ew. <laughs> right? Like, does, doesn't that insinuate that a girl being a girl must inherently have some level of sexual attraction eventually, even if they're, they aren't claiming as a kid, but like eventually. And it's also just way too much of a parallel to the old like, oh, boys will be boys line, which is frequently used to justify sexual assault. So some of them just get kind of funny because someone goes, oh, purple-haired Gen Zer in charge of social media yet again. Oh, how right they were. If only they knew what the color purple meant to the ace community. Why, yes, thank you. <laughs> from, from this often purple-haired millennial, I support the purple-haired Gen Zers. <laughs> A lot of ableism along the lines of like, have you gone mad? Are you crazy? You're insane. The very British, uh, have you taken leave of your senses? Which, yes, all of those are ableist. Some of those are just things we throw around as a generic insult. I personally have been trying very hard to take crazy out of my vocabulary for the last year or two, and that's a hard one because crazy is so ingrained as like a catch-all for just, it is wild, it is is wrong it is weird it is high energy like crazy is such a catch-all word but at, at the end of the day it, it is ableist so i'm trying to take that one out forgive me if i slip up here and there but then i started seeing these hashtags pop up hashtag come out of stonewall and i thought well this is this is different let's look this up again i'm an american and i was very absorbed in ace week <laughs> during the time this was happening i wasn't taking a look at much other outside news but from what i've been able to glean from from searching that hashtag and looking around it seems like quite recently there was a major protest um led by the hate group the lgb alliance emphasis on the lack of tea or anything thereafter this is something i i actually know of only because i i do have some british friends and i i just learned about them maybe about a year ago perhaps slightly less uh talking to some of my friends this is an organization that as an american until i was exposed to other people who are right there i was not familiar with them but they are what we would like to call turfs <laughs> trans exclusionary radical feminists and this was a bit of a surprise to me too for the rest of the world who is not keyed into the uk the uk has a really weird surprising prominent turf issue a huge turf issue and i'm not saying that the us doesn't have turfs all over the place because we certainly do but after being exposed to this in the uk i've come to believe that they are just heavily organized over there <laughs> like we we have the the one-off turf here and there we have small clusters of turfs but over there they have like organizations in a targeted hate group and it is just 
much more prominent of an issue. And people who are prominent parts of these organizations are getting interviewed for pieces on the BBC all the time. And I'm seeing them quoted in the Daily Mail. And they actually are getting platformed all the time because they are heavily organized. And I am confident that that heavy organization is playing a huge part in the ace phobia that we're seeing here as well. Because so many of these comments are really similar. You see the same words over and over again. You start to hear the, leave the kids alone. <laughs> like, leave the kids alone from what? You think the kids are on Twitter? Like, the, the 10 to 14-year-olds that they're saying? Maybe maybe the 13 and 14-year-olds are, but I, I went to the Girl Guiding website, and they have younger age brackets than 10 also. <laughs> so, and... The kids aren't getting harassed to learn about asexuality, so I don't know where that came from. But over and over again, leave the kids alone. Stop jamming this down their throats. Let kids be kids. But yeah, and then what the fuck? Just focus on giving girls great experiences and life skills and stop obsessing about people's sex lives. You're insane. And things like, this is just gross. Gross? What on earth was gross about that post? But yeah, back, back to the point about people calling out age of consent. I, I did find one other really good quote here because it's, it's very much of two minds and I can't quite make out what their point is. Girl guides are age 10 to 14. The age of consent for sexual activity in the UK is 16. None of them should be having sex and it wouldn't mean that they are all asexual. So are you... Are, are you saying that they should have a sexual orientation and be sexually attracted to people but shouldn't have sex? So this is just a variant on the movement against accurate information that we're sometimes seeing in the U.S.? Oh, absolutely. And the same thing we've seen uh, to target homosexuality since Stonewall. <laughs> like, if we're being real, this is the same rhetoric over and over again. It's just maybe a little less socially acceptable to say these things directly against, like, let's say, a cis gay man. I feel like if people started piling on a celebration of, like, cis homosexuality like this... There would be at least some people countering them in the comments pretty quickly. But this was able to spiral, like I said, hundreds of comments with not a single positive one <laughs> before they shut the comments off. And all queer identities get this same hatred. And for some reason, allos are just absolutely baffled, whether they're queer or not, when I say that the asexual community does get legitimate prejudice because they, they just can't wrap their heads around the fact that we get sometimes verbatim exactly what they are getting. And I mean, I can only imagine reading through these comments that these are the same kind of people who preach abstinence-only sex education. I'm sure they're the ones who are saying like, no sex, no thinking about sex, no desiring sex. And yet... They're also making comments saying, you shouldn't be forcing our kids to be asexual. So it's almost like, it's almost like they want their children to have a sex drive and a sexual action, like attraction, but they don't want them to act on it. And it's sort of like this weird, 
like pseudo religious penance <laughs> that you're just dooming the children to. It's it's very weird the the duality of this, but. Then you get all of these people talking about, you know, how horrible asexuals are and how we shouldn't talk about them. But then you see the people who are like, first of all, young girls shouldn't even be thinking about being asexual or not. But second of all, being asexual is not an oppressed group. They may have lumped themselves in with the alphabet alphabet soup, but it's moronic. It's just people who don't want to have sex. And... Like, yeah, we get that all the time. We get people who, first of all, clearly don't understand what it means to be asexual, but they they also pile on the hatred while also saying, we're not getting the hatred at the same time. And then, of course, you have the one-off comment that's like, aren't all children asexual? <sighs> you spoke on this a little bit earlier that one common misconception stems from the difference between action and orientation. And I was trying to think of an example of this as we were preparing for this podcast. And oftentimes the easiest thing to do is to use the largest minority group, the most visible minority group in place of asexuality. And I started to think, how would you describe the life of a long closeted gay man, for example? So if you were to say that there was a young boy who took a while before they were attracted to other people and then dated women and got married to a woman and then had a child and then realized that they were actually homosexual and got a divorce and married a man, would you say that their life path was first being asexual, then being heterosexual, then being homosexual? Like, no, they, no. they, they were always homosexual. It just took them a while to realize that in the face of all of these societal pressures that they had. And you could use exactly the same analogy for people who try to discredit asexual people who do decide to have sex for whatever reason they want. It doesn't even matter, so I'm not even going to name them. But if someone who is asexual has sex, you can't just say, ha, gotcha, you're not asexual because you had sex, because nobody could ever possibly say that there has never once been a gay man who has slept with a woman. Nobody would claim that. Well, I say that, but there are some real weirdos out there. <laughs> so this comment really, really gets me. Someone says, why? The word no, or words not interested, thank you, have worked ever so well for decades. Guess you've been indoctrinated by Stonewall and mermaids who are being discredited with every heartbeat. Are you really saying that every time someone has said no, they have not ever once had a sexual advance uh, forced upon them? Because, honey, no. I don't get the mermaid's comment. Let me fill you in on the mermaid's comment. It could be of two things. If I had to guess based on the context of this, I'm assuming they're attacking trans folks. There are some trans charities that use mermaid either in their name or in their iconography because anecdotally there are a lot of trans kids who as children are really, really interested in and obsessed with mermaids 
And a lot of people, after having, you know, grown up into adulthood as a trans person or their supportive parents who have watched them grow, a lot of them have started to theorize, like, hey, this is a thing that happens all the time. I wonder if it's because this is a beautiful, mythical creature who just does not have any human genitalia. So people who have some level of, you know, body dysmorphia from a young age when, you know, fantasy and whimsy is still very much present, it would make sense that people sort of latch onto the the mermaid image. So I, I assume that's this commenter's frame of reference. I have more rarely but occasionally seen mermaids used to convey some matters of asexuality because I've seen some really heavy like mythology and folklore people sort of speculate that the the allure like the 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 sexual allure of mermaids is so heavily present because you can't get with them sexually <laughs> like they don't have human sex organs so they may be gorgeous and have a human form but you can't sleep with them and and that's just kind of like a, a deep sociology cut i guess for for how some history folks have taken mermaids to be a bit of an ace icon but that's that's a lot more obscure than i've seen it in in trans circles so then there's all the really fun ones that say there is no asexual community. That just doesn't exist. Uh, there's, there's this one that says there is no asexual community. There are just people who temporarily or permanently have no interest in sex. Uh, first of all, that's wrong. And also, you can think that until we invade Denmark. Then you will, then you will know. <laughs> what the ace community really is and our true powers. But then you get the really weird comments where you just wish you had a little more. <laughs> they said a few more words or you could get a little peek inside their head. Because then you have this one that says, do you have any clue about who the people are in the quote ace community or what you are signposting children towards? Please fill me in. <laughs> Tell me more. Who are the people in the ace community? What are we signposting the children toward? Desserts. Desserts! And garlic bread. And dual citizenship. <laughs> Is it really dual citizenship if we overthrow an entire country in order to establish our own? As long as they maintain citizenship in their birth country, yes. Technically. All right, I'm on board with that. Why not? D we, we are in favor of dual citizenship. As an ace community, that has been decided by us here today on the ace couple. But then you get the really deeply sinister comments where your brain had to do many jumps to get here, but lots of them did. This first comment says, completely inappropriate. Young girls should be able to enjoy themselves without adults filling their heads with all this nonsense. It sounds like grooming to me. I don't know what they think asexual grooming is, but you see the word grooming over and over and over again. You see grooming and you see pedophiles. My guess is that this is one of those age-old bigoted statements that the homosexual community is very familiar with, where any form of non-heteronormativity 
is immediately obscene. It's immediately deviance. It's it's not just that a person is gay because the speaker doesn't believe that that is a thing. Is It's that they're a pedophile, or it's a case of bestiality, or something in that manner. And we see that evolve here, because people start to say, what next? Age play week? Furry week? Literally all children should be ace, you fucking pedos. Next up, incel week. Honestly, the artwork that would be posted during furry week would probably be pretty good. I think that's just called Halloween for children. Oh, the UK doesn't really have Halloween. Poor you. (laughs) I don't know if you're aware of this, UK. I know you are. Uh, Children dress up as animals all the time. this time of year (laughs) especially the last like five years just wearing an animal onesie has been a huge trend in halloween costumes (laughs) the furry agenda at work the furry agenda (laughs) we cannot have it too much cuteness i wish i had a gavel we should get a gavel too a squeaky one or a hard one? A real one. I want to... You know what I'm talking about? I want to be able to bang the gavel and make decisions here live on the podcast. Just We'll, we'll put it in a note. We'll get to that later. Um, if anyone wants to contribute to our gavel fund, we have a Kofi account. <laughs> so then we, then we get into the, the gender comments which this goes back to what you were saying rice where people just really lump anything that isn't cishet allonormativity into one box and call it bad and call it satan's work well it's worth calling out here because before we started to prepare for this i was not aware of this new turf movement that was lgb where they acknowledge homosexuality and bisexuality, but they completely discount any sort of gender identity whatsoever. And lumped in with that, they also discount asexuality, aromanticism, intersex, and really anything that doesn't fit into those first three characteristics. It's, it's, it's true, and I mean, they, they really put it all in the same camp. So anytime someone asks me, like, what possible hate can you get as an asexual? It's like... Anything you can imagine any other member of the queer community gets, honestly, it is all the same for some of these people. I mean, just just going back to the, like, what's next, furry week? Like, I just found some more that are like, what next are you going to give the girls a badge for knitting gimp masks? How did we get from asexuality to knitting gimp masks? Gimp masks do sell for more individually than Girl Scout cookies. (gasps) the UK, I have a business proposition for you. (laughs) No, do you know how much bank those Girl Scout cookies get? And it is is child labor. We see none of those proceeds. (laughs) I mean, that is in quantity, though, not in quality. A a good gimp mask should last for a long time. And you know this from all of the gimp masks that you have purchased? I'm just saying that either sewing or leatherworking is a more valuable skill than cookie selling. It's true. Those girls would always have a job at their local Renaissance fair. (laughs) 
But yeah, what next? A badge in kink and slut shaming? Like there's a, there's a, is that one badge for like get you a girl who can do both? Or are those two (laughs) distinct badges? I didn't understand that comment. (laughs) Why would a kink friendly community also slut shame? (laughs) We are teaching versatility here. Life skills. No, it's 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 ludicrous. The whole lot of this is just nonsense. But you do start getting people into talking about gender, which has nothing inherently to do with asexuality, because sexuality and gender are two separate things. Your the way you express those things might intertwine and have something to do with one another. But I mean, gender is a very sociological concept and it's a very abstract one and it means different things to different people. Saying you're asexual, full stop, with no other clarification, says nothing at all about one's gender. And this, seeing these comments was actually really, really interesting for me because I was interviewed on a podcast with a sex coach Uh, Several years back at this point, um, I think it was actually released during Ace Week, now that I'm thinking of it. And we just talked about asexuality. She was very supportive. She earnestly wanted to learn. I very much appreciated that. But there was one question that was asked that was, you know, I heard that asexuality doesn't necessarily have anything to do with gender. Is is that true? What can you tell me more about that? And and I, I was just very confused that that was even a question because it never once crossed my mind that people would lump those two distinct characteristics directly in with one another. And I mean, at the time, it was just me being interviewed. You weren't there, but... We were obviously married. We talked about our relationship some. So I was at least able to say, like, yeah, all asexuals have their own individual gender identity because I am a cis woman, whereas my spouse is a gender. And we're both still asexual, but we have different gender identities. And, and I think that was a really good way of explaining that because it wasn't from one perspective. But the fact that that even came up as a question really surprised me. But these comments really, really show that some people just throw it all in one box. I am a gender. One of them, maybe. (laughs) Which gender are you? (laughs) Please tell us. But yeah, you start to see the questions that begin with sexuality and say your sexuality or lack of it should be private and there is absolutely no need for anyone else to be told about it or interested in it as long as the person involved is deemed safe to look after children. Bringing creepy gender issues into this is not what guiding was designed for. So there we have a gender issue spotting. Uh, We have wholly inappropriate and not what parents are assuming their girls are being taught. Clearly captured by the gender ideologues, you are a disgrace. And if you had any regards for the girls in your care, you'd take yourself out of Stonewall fast. I sincerely hope parents start to sue you. But yeah, and I start to see just horrible... you know, comments about like, oh, are you going to let your biologically male trans women start to shower naked with all of your young girls? And it's like, (laughs) don't know how we got here, but sir, you are the one who took us here. (laughs) 
the original post had nothing to do with that. And you you do start to see a lot of these people commenting are are prominent LGB alliance supporters. Very unfortunate. But yeah, and people just really stonewall, stonewall, stonewall. Shameful that you have fallen for this garbage. Stonewall points matter more than girls. Not a good look. But then this, like, here, here's how deep they start to take it. Again, this is a comment, you know, asexuality. We just, we support you if you exist. <laughs> here's a clue. Children who have been medicalized and effectively sterilized. Nazis, anyone, probably won't have any interest in sex in their futures because they will have been neutered. Leave them alone. Hashtag sex matters. Hashtag where's the safeguarding. Hashtag come out of Stonewall. Courtney note, don't look up any of those hashtags. It's not worth it. But do they really think that the asexual agenda is sterilizing children like the Nazis did? <laughs> so disingenuous. Well, considering the gay agenda is trying to turn everyone gay, or the trans agenda is trying to turn everyone trans, that is probably, given their misguided idea of what asexuality actually is, is what they see this movement as. There are overt comments that are like, where are your materials to help the girls and the young women who feel like they're asexual because of this dwarfed culture we're in? <laughs> it's like, you're advocating helping girls to not feel asexual if they think they're asexual and yet saying we support you if you're asexual is wrong <laughs> it's it's nonsense and there's obviously no reasoning with these people so we'll we'll just share a couple more highlights we won't psychoanalyze too hard because this is just pure prejudice and there is no way to rationalize prejudice in this sense not when it's piled on with hundreds of comments from the same like-minded organizers, haters. Bigot's gonna bigot. Bigot's gonna bigot. So glad my daughters are older now. Never thought girl guiding would be a grooming ground for the sexualization of little girls. Disgusting. Who wrote this tweet? Were they high on meth? Oh, meth. That's funny. They're not from South Dakota. They're not, but I am, which I guess makes me an authority to speak on meth. <laughs> oh, a couple years ago, this was after I moved out of South Dakota, but still keeping up on South Dakota news. <laughs> the entire state of South Dakota decided to put out like a PSA campaign that was supposed to be against the use of methamphetamines. However... <laughs> Their slogan was, meth, we're on it. <laughs> it's so deliciously horrible. So, yeah, so who wrote this tweet? Were they high on meth? Was it a directive from Stonewall or gendered intelligence? Does a dry Friday night count as asexual? Why should young girls be indoctrinated with this imbecilic bollocks? Hashtag sex matters. Hashtag sex not gender. I do like the phrase imbecilic buttocks. Bollocks. That That's hard for my American mouth to say. Imbecilic bollocks. <laughs> 
But no, a dry Friday night does not count as being asexual. The word bollocks just pulls all of the venom out of the message for me. <laughs> I'm not even mad about it anymore. Yeah, do do Brits know how soft their insults sound to Americans? Like, the, I, I feel like... Um, they need to take some lessons from the Irish and the Scots. They really do. They, they really do. But yeah, then we get the one not being able to form and sustain a deep, meaningful sexual relationship is not something to celebrate. And two, this is completely inappropriate for the fucking girl guides. Um, <laughs> I think this person is implying that uh, they do want the children to form deep, meaningful sexual relationships, you know, after they're out of the girl guides. Above the age of 14. <laughs> Once you hit 15, you're good. It's it's so, so weird because the fact that people use sexual relationships to be the be-all, end-all of, like, connection and meaning is just so, so foreign to me. Because everyone, you know, the aloes, the cishets, they, they all lump in sexual and romantic attraction as exactly the same thing and aesthetic attraction usually on top of that as exactly the same thing and they just cannot fathom that a relationship will be meaningful or sustainable if one of those is missing oh we've got yet another yet another message of grooming but also a wonderful uh very un-american insult that also kind of takes me out of it right at the end so this is quite beautiful nope 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 this entirely inappropriate and groomy are you trying to tick woke boxes and get hipster points or are you just completely stupid my money is on the latter you absolute plonkers <laughs> Longers. I also really like this one. Adults, leave your fucking sexuality at home. <laughs> Honey, I leave my sexuality at home every day. That's kind of the point. Except I don't really leave the house much anymore since quarantine. Maybe I, maybe I left my sexuality outside. No one else wants or should be a participant in your sexual kinks or lack thereof. And surely not little girls. We can't have kinks, but we can't not have kinks. What is this kinkception hellscape? What do you want from us? <laughs> what is an asexual community? Why would people with a low sex drive feel the need to build a special community? Who gets discriminated against for having a low sex drive? Well, I think these comments have uh, shown you that answer. But yeah, for fuck's sakes, girl guiding is entrenched in gender ideology. I knew it was inclusive of trans women and girls and refuses to allow parents information on whether someone identifies within their girl guide group, risking safeguarding. But sexualizing girl guides? Seriously? So this is clearly someone who is angry that they let trans girls in, which is exactly what they should be doing. <laughs> but yeah, then we'll we'll leave off with this uh one one last comment here. They call this diversity and inclusion, but this is grooming. To explain asexuality, you have to explain sexual practices and the absence of the urge. You risk 
giving your children an asexual identity themselves. <laughs> Massive safeguarding fail. It's the same homophobic panic that we've seen for decades. I don't I don't know what more to tell you. In that same thread, this organization just supporting the ace community has been called inappropriate. Asexuals have been compared to pedophiles, to groomers. <laughs> it's you know what it is? It's imbecilic bollocks. <laughs> But yeah, just to, to sort of prove my point that this is just so much more of a targeted effort in the UK than the US, I decided to try to take my theory and I went to the official Twitter account for the Girl Scouts in the US and I tried to see if they've just said like anything about any queer community, any pride post whatsoever. And I did actually find two of them. Back in June for Pride Month, they had a, a happy Pride Month pose, kind of a vague thing. They also had a Girl Scout who had done some kind of project about inclusivity of LGBT communities, and they were promoting that and, and showed showed the girl and what this project was. And between those two posts, there was only one negative comment. Only one. And it was very mellow, very, very mellow compared to anything we're seeing on this. But yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head what it was, but there were no insults. It was clearly just uh, one mildly incensed man on Twitter. <laughs> nothing really to take note about, nothing to talk about on a podcast for. But we really need to d be aware of these and we need to... <laughs> Be on the lookout and look out for one another and protect our own mental health. And we need to let the allies we have know exactly what kind of discrimination we get and exactly the sort of targeted attacks like this that are happening. <laughs> because I have certain people in my life who are as well-meaning as can be. And I know if they were seeing this, they would be speaking up about it, but a lot of allies are not seeing this. So if you've made it this far, I hope <laughs> I hope it was interesting. I hope you learned something. Maybe, maybe our commentary was a little entertaining, but uh, we're going to try to have a bit of a lighter topic next week just so we can decompress a little bit. So huge thank you to everyone who made Ace Week a great success and self-care wishes to every single one of you who had to see that girl guiding fiasco firsthand for yourself. And we will talk at you guys next time.